Well, hello, kids, and welcome to another mini-sode of my spooky gay family. Uh, you caught me in kind of a bad moment. <laughs> I'm the curtain having has a rough been removed. Day. Literally, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Uh, I have just been like, today has just been... I don't want to say it's been crazy. It really hasn't. Like, I woke up, I watched... The Haunting of Hill House, the episode that we're discussing this week. And I ate some lunch and now I'm here. Like, really not overly complicated. Nothing to write home about. But for some reason, it has just <laughs> been an infuriating day. It's like every little thing that can go wrong goes wrong. I mean, I guess that's just a day that ends in Y. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm like the opposite of, uh, what is it? Did you see Deadpool? Yeah, I saw that. You know the the lady who has the superpower where she's just lucky? Yeah. I'm like the exact opposite. My superpower <laughs> is being as unlucky as fucking possible. If something can go wrong, it will. My life is lived in Murphy's Law. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm right there with you if it makes you feel any better, better at all. It doesn't make me feel better because butter makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear how i woke up this morning i would love it <clears throat> so because they can't do a graduation ceremony for all of the kids in my town this year they decided instead they were going to drive every emergency vehicle with its sirens blaring <laughs> <laughs> and isn't the high school down, down the street my from street <laughs> <clears throat> followed by all these little shits in their cars honking furiously oh no. and that is how i woke up today and you know what? I'm going to say something. I thought and it's the going town to... was burning down. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it happened. He pissed off the Russians. Like, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> I'm going to say something, and I know it's going to sound insensitive. I, I'm going to phrase it as best I can. I didn't even want to go to my high school graduation. I didn't either. I, so I, don't I had a hard time seeing why, like... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, maybe I'm just a, a fucking douchebag. But like, I just did. I, I was like, like, obviously, it's sad. It is a, a mile marker. But it wasn't such a big thing that like, if they had looked at me and said, you can't go to your graduation, I would have lost sleep over it. I didn't even go to my college graduation. I went to my commencement or whatever the fuck it is. The like little one for your yeah. individual school. But I did not go to the like big Montclair State University class of the year I graduated <laughs> uh, graduation because I was like, who the fuck cares? Like, who cares? <laughs> no yeah, one, I didn't go to mine either. Like 40,000 people don't want to hear someone read my name. It doesn't matter. No, it really, really I doesn't. I, I don't. I, I guess it's a nice thing that they're trying to find something else to do for them. But like, did it have to be like, by my house blaring sirens at 9 30 in the morning like, well that's the other thing it's like if you're gonna be as noisy as fucking possible you couldn't do this at noon <laughs> i mean i guess I i'm glad that they're not doing it now because i'd be sitting here freaking out how long did it go on it was like a solid half hour like oh, it was it was a parade <laughs> it's like hello dolly it was an uns <laughs> it was an <laughs> It was a no warning parade down my street. That and they didn't like no one like came and put a letter in your mailbox to be like, hey, just so you know, if on Friday, the 
if they did, I didn't get it. I don't. <laughs> it's like, do you check your mail every day? Yes. I do not. That's why I ask. <laughs> I I never check my mail. I'm really terrible about it. I'll get things. I'll be like, oh, expired, 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 timely, expired, expired. Like It's just bullshit. <laughs> uh, they might as well just throw it in the trash because I'm never going to look at it. I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, well, kids, now that you've learned all of the the awful and banal things happening in our lives, uh, we're going to jump into this mini-sode because it turns out we have a lot to talk about. Um, who knew? Last, last week we were like, oh, we'll do a mini-sode about the haunting of Hill House. And it was a full-length fucking episode. I think last week's mini-sode was longer than the full-length episode. I think by like five minutes, yeah. <laughs> so much for the mini-sodes. Well, we are continuing our quest through the haunting of Hill House. Uh, and so far I'm really enjoying it. Are you? I... Loved it the first time through, so I'm loving it the second time through, too. I'm picking up on little things that I didn't notice the first time. I wish I could say the same, but it's been so long since I watched it that I basically feel like I'm watching it for the first time again. I mean, I can see that. I definitely I had forgotten sort of the timing of some of the jump scares because there was one in particular in this episode that I knew I didn't want to be looking at the screen for. And I still fucked up and saw it, so. I'm trying to, th oh, I know which one it was. I know exactly which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to it, don't you worry, because I have a note about him. Um, that said, let's jump right in. Um, so this episode was uh, Theo's episode. And I have to say I was very happy about it because I like Theo a lot. Um, yeah, no, Theo's fun. Feels a lot of fun and honestly, uh, probably one of the more likable cranes, if I'm being honest. Which is funny because she's like the closed off one that's like kind of a bitch to everybody, which just makes me like love her more. I know. And not only that, but it's like Steven's kind of a wishy-washy whatever. And Shirley's kind of a pain in the ass. And Luke is Luke. <laughs> <laughs> and Nell, Nell is obviously very likable. But it's kind of funny the way Theo, and especially this episode, kind of makes you more aware of why Theo is the way she is. Yeah. This is definitely and, her, her origin story. Yeah, she got her Marvel moment in this in this episode. And I think that the beauty of the beauty of this episode is it points out something that I think we all know about our families is that we always have that one sibling who's like kind of rough around the edges and and they uh, they're the ones that like when they're younger, everyone thinks that like they're like tough and rugged and whatever. And it's like, really what it turns out is that that person was actually just the most sensitive of the group. And so they build these walls to kind of lessen the, the sensitivity. And that is directly reflected in this episode for Theo. Yeah. Like word for word. <laughs> Almost word for word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the whole thing about Theo is that she can, you use a word that I didn't even know existed to describe her. Oh, are you, do you mean psychometry? That's the one. Okay. I didn't know, I didn't know that was a thing. So psychometry Psych is 
the the idea is it's somebody who can touch things and get a psychic reading off of them just by touching it. Mm. I you wrote she she practices psychometry and I wrote she's a psychic th- she's a psychic psychologist. <laughs> that that was my she wording. She is a psychic psychologist. <laughs> she is, but like mine was like the derpy derp answer, and yours <laughs> is like she practices psychometry, and I'm like she knows things from touching. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, she is. She is a psychic psychologist. She, it turns out she got her PhD, uh, and she is now a, a psychologist. And I believe she's a pediatric psychologist. Yeah, she's right? a she's a child psychologist. Yes, she is a child psychologist. And um, my first note about this episode is that I think Kate Siegel, the woman who plays Theo, is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. I mean, I'm willing to agree with that wholeheartedly. So. <laughs> she is absolutely gorgeous. She looks very reminiscent of like Angelina Jolie to me. Yeah, but without the lips. But she kind of does have the lips. It's like not A quite as bit. full. She doesn't have quite as full lips as Angelina Jolie, but she does have very full lips. And she has very nice teeth and beautiful cheekbones. <laughs> and her eyes are very nice as well. This is she just does, gonna and be, beautiful hair. This is going to be the whole you know episode. I, <laughs> <laughs> Your hair is winter fire. Um, <laughs> they're like, no! <laughs> no more it! Um, I love Kate Siegel, and I actually didn't realize this because I think she looks much different in the two, between this and the movie. She starred in that movie Hush. Have you ever seen it? Um, I actually, I haven't seen it, but no, I, I did, I did see that (laughs) when I was doing my like three minutes of research for this. Yeah. She was in the movie Hush, which was directed by her husband. I think his name is Mike Flanagan. Yes. Who's also the director of Haunting of Hill House. The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. And, um, also side note, it must be weird to be like doing, uh, lesbian love scenes in front of your husband. I, I imagine that's probably strange. But um, I, the the thing about Hush, I really loved Hush. Um, I thought it was a good movie. I didn't think it was perfect, but it was very good. Um, and I, I did not realize that she was the same actress from both of them. I don't know what it is. Her face looks different to me. And that was know. only like four years ago. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're like, like, okay. You're like, I have no commentary. I I, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she is. She is the psychic psychologist. She plays, obviously, Theo Crane, the middle child, obviously, um, because she is, uh, she is. She is clearly the middle child. I think when you when you look at her, I am the middle child, and uh, I I see a lot of myself in Theo, with the exception of uh, our her attraction to women. Um, not that you'd know that by my description of her previously. <laughs> <laughs> you'd think that I I had the biggest crush on her in the world, but um, I really love Theo a lot. I think she's probably my favorite of the Crane siblings. Funnily enough, I think she's my favorite too, and it's not just because she's a lesbian. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's not just because she's a lesbian. 
No, I th- I think she's my favorite because she is kind of snarky and she's kind of she's very sarcastic and she she's very much kind of done with everybody else's shit. She is, but she's also it's like she has this kind of blatant honesty. It's she's very blunt. She is very blunt. And I kind of appreciate that because uh, I think, at least speaking from a personal perspective, in my life, I have had a lot of experience with people being very kind of sneaky and dishonest. And I, I don't know exactly what the word is that I'm looking for, but they are not forward about their feelings or their truthful experiences so it's kind of nice to see someone who is like blatantly honest because it it's kind of comforting to me i'm like oh she i can trust her because at least if she, if she doesn't like me she will tell me <laughs> which is funny since she's the one who's like i'm good at keeping secrets which is also very strange but it's, uh, apparently she's only keeping that one secret that one big one that we that we i mean it's of. a very large one it is a very large one, but um, we'll we'll get to it because that was one of my notes. Um, <laughs> I the whole psychometry thing is probably the most important thing about Theo that we learn in this episode. Um, my note <laughs> about <laughs> psychometry was. <laughs> It must be awful to be a lesbian with psychometry. Why? (laughs) What makes you say that? Because you're in bed and you're like, oh, she didn't have a good experience in college. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I feel like it must be very hard to kind of dissociate. On the other hand, it's a lot easier to blow someone's mind when you can read it. Well, but she doesn't necessarily read their mind, does she? I mean, not exactly, but she can probably, you know, tell that they're having a good time or what they would like her to be doing. I mean, this is a bit of a projection, I think. <laughs> I, I don't think it is. I... Uh, maybe. I guess it's, I guess that's a fair point. She's like she's like Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Except not terrible. She's not maybe probably not anti-Semitic, um, but she is basically Mel Gibson in what what women want. And that was the only thing I could think. I was like, what a terrible experience to be a les that would be <laughs> that would be like if you were a guy and the only way you could have a psychic reading was by pressing your dick on things. <laughs> <laughs> Which funny enough, let's get to and that that's part how of the you episode. Got kicked out of <laughs> I know. <laughs> Somebody else was touching this ghost decoration, so we're going to need you to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly doesn't give you as much credibility with the cops. No, probably not. And probably would not make me a very good child psychologist. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about the most frightening thing that happens in this episode. Can Can we jump right to it? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Because I, I was really, if I'm being honest, I was not bothered by this the first time, or at least I don't have any recollection of being bothered by it the first time. When Theo and Shirley are in Shirley's kitchen after the first 
scene where she talks to the girl about uh, Mr. Smiley, who is obviously the most fucked up part of the episode. Um, and we learn about this child who's in the foster care system and, and she is with the, this foster family and she's apparently seeing this thing in her basement that is Mr. Smiley and blah, 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 blah. She goes over to Thea, uh, to Shirley's house for lunch and she makes a sandwich. Yes. She cuts the sandwich in half and gives half of it to Shirley. Yes. And then they eat it as their whole fucking lunch. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. I was like, uh, what? She just gave her half the set. Like, you can make two, bitch. There's more bread. <laughs> I don't understand. I was like, who eats half a sandwich? Well, to be and fair, those people else. are very skinny. They, I, they are skinny, but like skinny people can eat a sandwich. <laughs> use, the, use the fucking low calorie, low carb bread I have. This is, that was insane to me. I, I watched her do it and I was like, it was like, you're so it was fixated like, on the food. Like you got so <laughs> fixated on the milk last week. Now you <laughs> because her kitchen is the most demented part of this show. She has <laughs> delivered glass jar milk, and they each eat half a sandwich for lunch. What the fuck? And what there's are you Brussels doing? sprouts all over the floor. And there's Brussels sprouts <laughs> everywhere. Her her fucking dining room must look like the area in front of the tree. And Ernest scared stupid. There's just these little bulbs everywhere. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's stupid. The, Shirley has the most demented food things happening in her house that I have ever seen in my entire life. And I'm not going to move on from this. This is the rest of the episode. <laughs> Who eats half a sandwich? <laughs> have you ever eaten half a sandwich and thought that was fine? Actually, yes. No, you haven't. Yes, Don't I you have. dare. No, you have. But it came with soup or something at Panera. <laughs> Well, yes. Yes, it did. Exactly. It, you can't have just a half a sandwich. You get a half a sandwich and a bowl of soup and a bag of chips. That's what you get for lunch. You don't have half a sandwich with no condiments because they were out of mustard. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was like, you just ate a dry ass turkey sandwich and you only ate half. She wasn't Crazy. that hungry. I don't understand. Who is not that hungry? I'm always hungry. I still have. I actually I don't. I ate the whole fucking thing. I ate. <laughs> I I ate an Elio's pizza and a leftover McDonald's double cheeseburger for lunch. That's what I had for lunch. Theo, get with the fucking program. Did you have lunch today? Yes, I did. What did you have? I had an entire peanut butter and jelly sandwich. See, you didn't have half and say, "Hey, Sarah, why don't you eat the rest of my lunch?" No, that did not happen. Because it's ridiculous. It's demented. Shirley is probably a serial killer. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. To be fair, that would be a pretty cool serial killer. Like, who's also a mortician. Like, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, actually. Hasn't there been one? Not that I'm aware Wasn't, of. I could have sworn that, that. Like, that rings a bell for me. The mortician serial killer. It's kind of got a Sweeney Todd vibe. Yeah, it's a little bit like one-stop shopping. Yeah, mix your, mix your work with your pleasure. <laughs> That's kind of what it comes down to. I've got a hobby, but I make it pay. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right. So she is a psychic psychologist who eats half sandwiches for lunch and wears gloves. This is what we've got on Theo so far. Conceal, don't feel. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, she is she is Elsa in in person form. Um, there are some good scares in this episode, I think. Yes, no, um, two in particular stand out for me, I think. Two of them are actually, I think, the scariest scares in the series, in my opinion. Okay. The first, the first being Mr. Smiley. Yeah, the first Mr. Time Smiley we see Mr. is Smiley. fucked up. He's just demented. He is almost as demented as Shirley. You really like that word today. (laughs) It's just kind of in the vocabulary today. I've decided that the word of the day is demented. (laughs) QPB's playhouse. I I don't really have words for Mr. Smiley because everyone has that kind of childhood ghost that just scared the shit out of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yours, you, you found in adulthood on The Haunting of Hill House. No, I I mean, I can't remember what we called mine. Oh, I remember. It was, uh, we called him the Candyman. Do you remember talking about the Candyman when we lived in New Providence? No. I feel like we talked about it all the time. He was supposed, like, supposedly there was, like, the Candyman and he, like, killed children and he, he was, like, it was, it was, like, a whole thing. But I was terrified of the Candyman. Okay. I don't remember any of this, so I'm just going to have to take your word on it. Do you have a childhood ghost? Uh, Yeah, the one that was in our fucking house. That was my ghost. (laughs) But was there one that, like, wasn't real that you kind of created as a small child? I always thought there was something in my closet when, before we moved into the haunted house. I, Mm -hmm. I, I had always thought there was something in there. Um, <clears throat> but that was the same room that Jess also said she had uncomfortable feelings about. Yeah, that's true. So maybe you had a real ghost. Maybe. Lucky the, me. the comfort, the comfort for you, Sam, is that you never made anything up. The <laughs> discomfort is that you were really haunted all the time. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. I'm, I suppose. So Mr. Smiley is the the monster that this little girl is afraid of. And it's the one that Theo keeps seeing. She can't kind of get it out of her head. Um, and he visits her in her in her little uh, carriage house <laughs> in back of, <laughs> in back of the Dementor's house. <clears throat> and. It's kind of it plays to that kind of scary thing we all have of like. You're most vulnerable when you're sleeping and this thing kind of makes an appearance when you're least expecting it. And I do think that in this case, we're meant to believe that it's kind of Theo's reintroduction to whatever is going on with Hill House. They all kind of have this episode where, you know, with Steven, it was uh, the visit from Nell and with Shirley, it was uh, the thing that happened with her mom in the morgue and now for Theo it was kind of Mr. Smiley. Um and Mr. Smiley is made of wood, yeah. <laughs> it looks like. And he is just this kind of smiling, like 
creepy ass uh, Google creepy image ass, search. Like, yeah, he has like like there's nothing in the eyes. There's just like this kind of cartoonish, demonic looking ghost. If you did not watch the episode and would like to um, see Mr. Smiley, he is readily available on Google image search because I had to look him up again because I you don't get a really good look at him. No, in the episode. I, he's only there for kind of a second. Yeah, it's like a second or two. And uh, he's just kind of peering over the edge of her bed. So you you clearly don't get a very good look. Um, but I think that I think that the importance of this is that we're kind of seeing that Hill House is fucking with all of their kind of worst fears. Yeah, no. It's, or or something that they are very afraid of. It's definitely kind of reaching out. It's evil tendrils and kind of <laughs> evil you know, tendrils poking and saying, it's like hey, the psychic penis <laughs> if you must uh yeah um so basically we go from mr smiley to the other most horrifying scene in this episode we go right into the kitchen when they were children when uh, Theo finds Luke kind of hanging out in the dumbwaiter. <laughs> Which, hey, really, kid? Like, didn't you watch Halloween H2O? Don't Apparently you know not. better? Like, don't we know better at this point than to be fucking around in dumbwaiters? Uh, she finds Luke in the dumbwaiter and he wants to go, he wants to ride it like an elevator because they think it goes up. Um, except this is a haunted house. So yeah. Yeah. And it's like, guys, you've been in this house, house like a month. Like, you know, better than to be fucking around in a dumb waiter. Um, so Theo eventually kind of, after saying she wouldn't gives in and says, fine, I will, I will give you one ride if you don't tell anyone. And she presses the button to go up and the thing goes down (laughs) (laughs) into a room they didn't even know existed. That said, what happens in the basement yeah. is probably, like, the most terrifying thing that happens on this show. It's definitely the most, like, visually terrifying thing that happens. Yeah. Like... It's the most visually jarring. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I think, if nothing else, like, this is kind of the only time when we have something that's coming to get you. And very clearly coming yes, to get you. and that we can see. And it's... Is it ever explained what it is? I can't remember in later episodes. I believe it kind of is, but not, not like, explicitly. It, there's no, like, stark explanation. It's yeah. just... Uh, basically, we see this kind of monstery-looking thing crawl out from behind one of the... Uh, one of the... Uh, casks that are in the basement while Luke is armed solely with a flashlight that the batteries are dying or the connection is bad. Um, Because this is a horror movie, so. Because it is a horror show, so we have to have faulty batteries. And it starts to charge him in the dumbwaiter. Yeah. Uh, And that visual, there's something about it, and I've talked about this on on the show before, how like, the idea of like foot, like quick footsteps in the dark or something charging you in the dark is terrifying. And because it's very predatory, you suddenly become prey 
and that freaks me out a lot. So this scene really fucked me, especially the first time I watched it because I didn't know what to expect. Um, and even watching it again was was difficult. It was very scary for me. It was it was different for me this time because I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was able to kind of calm myself down a little bit before we actually got to the crawling ghoul thing that comes after Luke. <laughs> the crawling ghoul. Yeah, I don't know what else to call it. So... I was pretty much prepared, but, like, at the same time, it just it occurred to me how small the space that Luke was in was. Mm-hmm. And how quickly that thing was moving. Because the first time, it didn't seem like it was moving that quickly. And now on second viewing, I'm like, no, it's it's moving oh. at a pretty good clip. Like, that's yeah, not... Yeah, she, she's got some speed. Yeah. She's got <laughs> some move. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the thing that I... Uh, the thing that I kept thinking was, like, clearly the answer is the dumbwaiter won't work because the door is open. Close the door, Luke. Close the door, Luke. <laughs> One would think that would be the first impulse anyway, if something was charging you. But I do imagine that if you were like a six year old and terrified, a six year old, well, a six year old terrified. And in that situation, I think anyone of any age, you don't know how you would respond to that kind of fear, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It 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 definitely is one of the, the scariest moments in this whole series for me is that that moment. It really freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I actually, um, the other scare that I really like in this episode, because it is actually taken right from the book, is um, the whose hand was I holding scene at the very, very mm. beginning. That one is very scary because you know immediately that you're like, that's not Nell. Yeah, like, God damn it. <laughs> you know perfectly well that that is not like a small child. There is something terrible about to happen. <laughs> and Because the hand doesn't look right. No, it, it looks really kinda, doesn't. It looks a little bit gnarly. And a little um, bit too big. Yeah. And it kind of makes you wonder whose hand it was. Do they do they explain that later? No. It it does make me wonder whose hand it was. It makes me wonder if it's possibly the mom. I mean, maybe. But I don't know. I the fact that she then rolls over and there's nothing there. It's like it's not exactly the payoff you're expecting because we're expecting again Zelda from Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Like we exactly. got in episode one. And like <laughs> the fact that she just rolls over and is like, there's nothing there. And then she's sitting there and then says out loud, whose hand was I holding? I know. <laughs> and it's like, first of all, I, I, I do think it's important to point out that the kid who plays Theo is actually a really good actress. She is very good for I her I really age, enjoyed yeah. her. Yeah. And I mean, some of the kids, I, they're so young, you can't expect the world from them. You know, it's it's very clear that they're child actors, and that's fine. I'm I'm not trying to I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but I do think that the actress who plays young Theo is very talented for her, especially for her age. Um, she she clearly has a good understanding of what she's doing, <laughs> <laughs> at least most of the time. <laughs> um, so the funny thing is, we go from this dumbwaiter scene. Basically to Nell's wedding. Yeah. And um, this is kind of when we see, well, we we do, I believe, I can't remember because I didn't mark it in my notes, but I think in between we have the scene where Theo is dancing 
at uh, at the nightclub and she sees that girl that she slept with yeah. in the previous episode. Um, and she kind of ignores her, kind of flat out ignores her. <clears throat> and then we're, we're, we're at Nell's wedding and everyone's looking for the bridesmaid because it's time for toasts and they can't find her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this leads to a very interesting coming out story for Theo. <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts on this scene? I'm curious. I remember thinking like, wow, what a horrible way to come out to your family. To get, like, kind of caught in the act a little bit. I mean, yeah. Like, what an uncomfortable way for them to find out. On the other hand, I think it's kind of hilarious. I, my, my note was, well, that's a fun coming out story. Like, <laughs> that's, that's going to be a fun one to tell. And honestly, like, it didn't go that poorly. So, like, <laughs> it's kind of like, well, whatever. She was just, they were like, we didn't know you liked, uh, and she's like, bridesmaids? um and then they give her a hug and it's over and it's like well that's fun that's nice it's nice to see some uh some positive you know queer representation in in the series i guess yeah i mean if nothing else like we're not going to spend a lot of time on like theo being sad because she's gay because she's not yeah, and Which that's is kind very of, that is that is very much appreciated because a lot of times, especially in horror, for some reason there's always that kind of added, "Ugh, I'm gay," and it's like, <laughs> but most people, uh, I, I I shouldn't say that. There there's a very large swath of the queer community that is very happy to be gay and does not struggle with it nearly as much as Hollywood would have you believe, <laughs> so, and especially when you're. When you're an adult, because once you get to kind of your adulthood in your 30s and that's when you really start to kind of come into yourself, I feel. I feel like I'm a much different person in my 30s than I was in my 20s. And Theo is in her 30s, clearly. And you kind of see this this embracing of herself a lot yeah. of the time. No, and she, she certainly doesn't give two fucks about... <clears throat> Most of the time, although the end of the episode, we do kind of get that that little that little monologue about how she feels about things. But um, we will get to that. Don't you worry. Uh, I just enjoyed that she didn't she doesn't spend a lot of time being like, oh, I'm gay. Like, it's just like (laughs) like being gay is just always the saddest thing that can happen to anybody. (laughs) But. I did appreciate her coming out and I I liked them including that moment. I thought it was fun and I thought it was very appropriate the way it was written because obviously I don't think Nell would care. No. Nell seems like she's the sister that just wants every, she's like, she is definitely their mother's daughter. Like she is the (laughs) hippy dippy flower child, you know, probably starred in a production of hair at some point. (laughs) And she we found Sheila out a lot Franklin. more about Olivia this this episode, actually. Olivia? Olivia, their mom. Oh, I didn't know her name. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we do find out a lot more about uh, the mom in this episode. Um, especially when they kind of have the talk about the gloves when she first gives Theo the gloves. Ah, yes, the talk. 
the talk. And all I wrote in my notes was witches. <laughs> <laughs> like all caps, I just wrote witches. Because that is clearly something that's kind of being conveyed here that like, I don't think they are expressly witches, but there, no. there is something um, supernatural about the belief system in this family, especially among the women. Um, and it's kind of this idea of it being passed on because the mom says, uh, you know, when we moved in, Nell said that the house was loud and what a funny word to use. And she very clearly understood that, uh, Theo was having these like images, these, these kind of psychic flashes. And that's why she gives her the gloves. Um, and it was, it was a really interesting scene. I, I, I remember the first time I watched it, I wasn't sure where they were going to go with this. I thought they were going to kind of make it a witchy story. And I'm I'm glad that they didn't because I don't think it was right for this story. But I like no. that it's kind of an element. No, and I, I especially like that they kept that that Theo is psychic from the book. Because in the book, she's she's an empath. So I like the fact that they they carried that over into the series. Hmm. <clears throat> an empath in what sense in just that she's very she's connected to everyone around her yeah she's intuitive to the point it's scary it's almost mind reading hmm. that's interesting i i i think that i am in a lot of ways an empath i i don't think that i can read people's minds but i i am very good at reading people it's a skill it's not yeah. necessarily something that has any kind of supernatural quality to it but it's definitely a skill that can be learned agreed um so we do go back into the basement um and it's kind of i, I think this explores another really interesting thing about theo in that we kind of learn that she obviously feels very guilty about what happens to uh luke in the dumbwaiter and she tries to make it right by going down there and you know, acknowledging what, what he experienced. And, uh, she finds the section of his shirt that the thing tore off and she can tell that he was terrified. And, um, but not it's apparently a very, that she should leave that basement right the fuck now. Uh, well, that was what I wrote in my notes. I was like, Oh, we're going to go in the basement with the creepy thing you saw in Luke's hand. That's a great idea. Like <laughs> she touches Luke's hand and she's like, Oh, I better go in the basement. Like, no, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's the tea, sweetheart. Um, but she does. And it, it ends up kind of proving that she will be there for her siblings when other people might not necessarily be there for her siblings. I think it's a really good thing it's a good quality to show about her because it is, it does kind of exemplify that empath situation. Yeah. And also her being a child psychologist, I would argue kind of reinforces that like Theo does like to help people. Like she could have used that weird little superpower for kind of anything and she chose to help people with it. Mm -hmm. So it does kind of show a sort of a softer side. Yeah. And I think that, but that's kind of what I was saying before is, Theo very clearly has this softer side and that's why she even expressly says it, you know, when she was little, she used to build up bricks to kind of help her when she was scared. And that's, that's her whole life. Now her whole life is kind of putting up the bricks and taking them down when she, uh, when she wants to. Um, and that kind of leads us to 
what happens with the little girl that she's taking care of. Um, obviously she goes to the, the house that this little girl is living in the foster home and, uh, has an experience in the basement where she realizes that, you know, this couch is where this girl is being assaulted by her foster father and her foster guardian. I don't know what you would call. I think foster father is the correct word. I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the wording is, but, um, and Mr. Smiley comes from this kind of like imagined face that can be seen in the grain of the wood directly above the couch where the girl would be laying. So, uh, it, it, again, it kind of plays into what we were just talking about that idea that Theo is constantly trying to help people, but that it takes a toll on her. And, um, I think that's part of what makes Theo so lovable to me is that she's, she's the person who will say she doesn't want to help anyone say she doesn't want to do anything, say she's tough as nails. But then when it comes down to it, she can't help but be the good sister. Yeah, no. And in a much more, I don't want to say genuine way, but in a, in a much more direct way than Shirley seems to be able to do. And yeah, Shirley can be kind of a pain in the ass about it. Like, she will help you, but she she's going to make you feel bad about it first. <laughs> That's kind of my impression of Shirley, if I'm being honest. <laughs> or at a bare minimum, she's gonna you're going to get such a lecture after everything is over. Like, yeah, you are going to get just the world's longest, like I told you so. Yeah, she was everybody's mom when they didn't have one anymore. Uh, and that kind of brings us to the end of the episode um, because we get to the point where Theo comes home and she kind of goes down and has the experience where she decides to put her bare hand on uh, Nell's body in the morgue downstairs at Shirley's funeral home. And she clearly sees something very upsetting. I don't know. It's not, it's not expressly said what she sees. I think we're meant to believe that it was Nell's suicide. Um, but we also don't know what elements of Hill house she might have felt or seen or, you know, whatever. What was your takeaway from that moment? My takeaway was that she had seen sort of the last couple seconds of Nell's life. I don't think necessarily that she saw anything that maybe Nell was experiencing the way Nell was experiencing it. Having... She just saw Nell being crazy in Hill House and then killing herself. Yeah. Which would be terrifying to witness and is <laughs> terrifying to witness in this show. Um, the thing I will say is at the very end of this episode, we kind of have this moment where Theo has that girl over that she saw in the club. Yeah. And then the girl wants to have some kind of connection with her. And so she says, like, why don't you talk to me? Why don't you talk to me? And then Theo tells her about the kind of day she's had. And it's a very touching moment. And then they kind of get down to get down to it. Yeah. But it cuts away to 
the last night in Hill House because we we have seen that um, she kind of confronts Steve and says that his book was bullshit because he didn't even see most of what happened that night when she did. Um, And so it cuts to her experience that last night and how she, she, her dad grabbed her and she saw her mother die. Um, Or at least get pushed up against a wall. Pushed up against a wall or that there is some kind of violence that is happening. There's some kind of scary thing going on and that her, She doesn't know how her dad is connected to it and she doesn't know what is going on. And it's obviously disturbing for a child. So the last thing she says in this flashback is don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. And then we have the worst line written for any (laughs) movie or television series ever. It cuts back to them fooling around in her bedroom and she says, touch me. And then it cuts away. And I was like, Okay, Janet, like, (laughs) what is this line? Like, who says that? It's such an unrealistic thing to say. It just was, it really took me out of the moment. I mean, I'm sorry that it took you out of the moment. You didn't feel that way? I I didn't feel that way, no. It just seems so, like, weird. Like, who says that? I mean, I'm sure somebody in the history of forever has said that. But they were already touching each other. That's what's weird about it. Yeah, but you never know. Like, it could be a... I don't know where I'm going with this. I, it's not... I don't think I don't you think do I either. Can, I think I you're think defending it, it for no reason. It's garbage. It's a garbage line. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just don't even understand what the point was of adding it. It's just a juxtaposition. I, but it was stupid. It wasn't even, it wasn't well written. And I can't believe that nobody said, hey, Mike, this doesn't work. <laughs> like it really needed, it needed somebody to come out and say like, okay, this is, this is not quite right. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. It's still there. I don't know. But that does bring us to the end of the episode. Um, I will say this is probably one of my favorite episodes in the season. Um, I also end up really liking Luke's, and I believe Luke's is coming up soon, if not next. I think it's next. I hope so, because I really like Luke's episode, and uh, that also has a very creepy, creepy thing happen in it. Yes, several creepy things, <laughs> actually. Funnily yeah, Luke kind of a traumatized life. <laughs> yeah, Luke's, Luke's got some shit to deal with. Yeah, he's he's kind of living a, a a crazy life. Um, so that's it. That's it for episode three of the Haunting of Hill House. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If there's anything we missed from the episode, and surprisingly, I think this is the first time I can finish the episode and say I don't think there's much we missed. Um, oh, except we didn't talk about Shirley's husband. That's true. We didn't talk about Shirley's husband. Basically, Shirley's husband. Uh, when Steve writes the book and they all have a problem with it, he offers them 8% each of the the royalties, pr- the royalties from this book. And they all kind of agree not to take it. And Theo ends up taking the money because that's how she gets her PhD. And um, it's, 
it's kind of unclear what everyone else does. Everyone else says they're not taking it. But then we find out later that uh, Theo knew that Shirley's husband took the money and put it in a separate account and did not tell Shirley about it. Um, and it's a secret that she has been keeping from her sister for quite some time. So we will see how this plays out. Um, I'm very excited to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> and that said, uh, I'm very excited for uh, the next episode. So we're going to let you guys go. We do have another episode coming out on Thursday, a main episode, a big episode, a, a maxi sode, whatever we're calling them. And uh, you should definitely tune in then. And we will have another Haunting of Hill House next week. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. Hey. What? Nothing. I mean... I mean... I mean, we didn't... We didn't know you were into... Bridesmaids? <laughs> I love you. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from The Haunting of Hill House, distributed by Netflix 2018. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara.